Greetings and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is the 29th of June, 2023. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. Sir, uh, I think we, we've talked about how we've had similar upbringings and our, our, our parents, specifically our mothers, mm-hmm. share a lot in common. Did your mom bar you from watching wrestling, professional wrestling? <laughs> No, I don't think so. But she stopped us from watching Rugrats, and I, I would have. <laughs> you had, could watch wrestling, but you could watch Rugrats. Well, if I, I if I would have shown interest in wrestling, it probably would have been shut down too. She was oh, very, really? very by the book, man. I didn't watch PG thirteen movies with her oh, wow. until I was thirteen. My dad didn't give a shit though, so it was like an interesting dynamic at mom's house. Yeah. It was like straight lace, and at dad's it was like go wild. That's uh, hilarious. No, so yeah, any, anything that was like kind of outside of the conventional you know, mind of like a, a white suburban person, mm. <laughs> religious so you suburban person. So you weren't, uh, a, you weren't into wrestling? No, dude, not really oh, at all. My dad wow. told me that it was fake when I was very young and it ruined it for me. I'm just like, those guys are losers. <laughs> <sighs> it's entertainment. It's not fake. It is it's true. It's entertainment. But like if someone told you the NFL was fake, wouldn't you like, <clears throat> which it could be because it's licensed as an entertainment business, by the way. Could you imagine, uh, like midway through the first quarter, somebody just grabs a microphone, and starts talking shit about the other person's like wife? On the other, you know what I'm saying, like, I slept with your wife, Josh Allen. You're a bitch. And the whole crowd's like, "What?" That'd be awesome. Then I would probably um, watch more football, even. Right? Yeah, I guarantee it. Um, so yesterday was the uh, 25th anniversary of the Hell in a Cell match between Mick Foley, oh. Mankind, yep, and the Undertaker. Here's a kick. snippet. <laughs> He just got thrown through a table from the top of a cage. It's pretty real. Oh my God. Let's go, let's try to win this. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh my God. I folks. Yeah, I think Mick Foley got seriously injured there. So apparently, so that was scripted. Yeah. That th- yeah, that was scripted. This was not scripted. Good God. Good God. That's it, he said. So if you're just listening, Undertaker's taking McFoley and he's throwing him from the top of the, the cage over the over the ring, hell in the cell. If you know, you know. You know what I'm talking about. You can envision it. They're on top of the cage, and he chokeslams him. And he's just supposed to chokeslam him onto onto the top of the cage. But McFoley's big dude, his weight gives in, and he falls all the way down to the bottom of the ring. That was unscripted. Mm. And you can see the concern. Uh, everybody starts to rush in and check on him. Undertaker's like, oops. Oh, man. Oh my God. So crazy. So uh, here's a rundown of Mick Foley's injuries just from that uh, just from that one match. A dislocated shoulder, a dislocated jaw, a concussion, bruised ribs, internal bleeding, number, numerous punctured wound from the thumbtacks, and uh, knocked out at least one tooth into the nostril. Oh my God. So yeah, I mean, like fake is not the right word. Scripted, 100%. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, right. Fake, right. I don't know, dude. Ask Mick Foley. I was, yeah. uh, dude, I was, uh, I was enamored by it. I, I loved it so much. I, I was too young to realize that it was fake. And I guess people told me it was fake, but I, I loved oh, it. The drama, dude. everything. I was, I was so into it. Yeah, I, I, most kids were, dude. I know like it was, people would go nuts for it, bro. And I, <laughs> Shane Gillis always has, makes some funny jokes too about like some special needs people, like, don't, that don't know it's fake, like it's like every like John Cena is like everything to them. Oh and I, yeah, I always think that joke's so funny. But like, actually thinking about it, like they probably do love the shit out of just all of that. Like 
just that like child wonder that they may have. No doubt about it. Uh, it was it was something that was banned that I couldn't watch. Oh, it did get banned for you? Yeah, but but like you know, I still watched it. But I wasn't supposed to watch it. Here. That The Simpsons. I wasn't supposed to watch Simpsons either. Oh yeah, couldn't watch Simpsons. <laughs> I was allowed over to watch the Rugrats. That's <laughs> well, Angela was, like, was too too mean. far, sir. I, yeah, I agree. Angela was too mean for my mom's taste. So Angelica. Yeah. Yeah, she was a grade A bitch. Yeah, see, I don't even know a real name. That's how. That's the how Rugrats much I don't was know. Cool. I was. I love the Rugrats. Yeah. I mean. So, yesterday somebody had asked me. Somebody back in, in California had asked me um, if we're getting any of that smoke from the wildfires, <sighs> and I was like, uh, "Nope, no smoke here." Um, that had all passed, or so I thought. I had no idea that there were continuing wildfires in Canada. Woke up this morning, and um, it was smokier than shit outside. By you? Yeah, man. That's crazy. Dude, it is hammering us up here. It's insane. The air quality is, is terrible. Supposedly, it was the worst in the entire U.S. and like ranking in the top like five in the world in Chicago. Uh, but basically, if you like look at the whole Lake Michigan area— Right. It is, it's all like in, in Chicago yesterday, it was like 200. It got up to 256 and that normal air pollution should be like zero to like 50. <laughs> should be very low. Sure. And we were getting hammered, bro. And literally since the first day it's come, my sinuses started going crazy. I've had a oh, super damn. sore throat. I'm like all congested and all fucked up. And you walk outside, it just smells like a fire. Really? It's, and it's nuts. And I, I look at these air pollution maps and it's not up in Canada. Like the pollution at least for this go around of fires or whatever it is. Cause I, I didn't know that they were like ongoing. I had thought I had heard about them in New York like a month ago, but it seems that they must be ongoing or another one started. But if you look in Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, the upper Northwest corner of Ohio and all of Michigan, basically it's just a big red cloud. Yeah. If you look at, uh, here's the map and I don't even think this is active fires. This is just the fire weather. Interesting. Oh, here we go. Here's a map of, dude, so like all of Canada's on fire right now. Jesus. Um, it looks like the, like the highest concentration seems to be over like uh, northern Quebec and even up into British Columbia. Mine basically just shows Midwest to the East Coast, like all of like Phillies and or Pennsylvania, New York. I didn't even know Canada was capable of such disaster. And apparently they don't fight them like we do here as much. Yeah, there's Chicago. Dude, it literally looked like that all Oof. week here. Yeah, it looks like that right now. It's on my window. Real it's smoky. Crazy. Not uh, not good. You guys are probably more used to that than us, though, right? Because you guys deal with fires. Well, California, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Here's the pirates beating the shit out of the Padres with a bunch of smoke going on in the background. Ha-ha. Washington, D.C., very smoky. Manhattan, a little smoky, not as much as it, it was. Yeah, well, it's so it's so funny. Like, uh, I, I, like, you never hear about this on the East Coast. It's always the West Coast. It, this has happened numerous times uh, where we, we've had to miss weeks of school. Like, this is bad, what, what you're seeing right now and, like, what's going on in Chicago. When it happened in California, especially in San Diego, dude, it was, like, not, not what the air quality wasn't bad, but, like, you couldn't even see. It was just ash. Really? Was, falling from the sky and smoke abound. Like you, you went outside and it wasn't just smoky. It was just like engulfed in smoke. It was terrible. S everything smelt like smoke. It was bad. That's crazy. But like go figure, move across the damn country. Yeah. And then it follows you. Like yeah. just literally look at that. So uh, all the West Coast, beautiful. Most of Canada, pretty good looking. But then you just get down into here. I feel like a weatherman right now. This is so fun. 
Upper Quebec is, is where the fires are. And then it looks like all the smoke is just funneling down into the, for whatever reason, like it's concentrating right there in the Midwest. Yeah. I don't know if the lakes, there's some kind of lake effect that like traps it here. Um, supposedly it's supposed to clear up. So like yesterday it was 250 here and in Toledo it was only like 110 and now that's kind of like starting to flip it looks like. So I think it's moving out towards the ocean. Hopefully. Can you zoom out a little bit and go to the West Coast? I just want to see if there's any fires going on there too. Eh, a little bit, just a little bit up in, here. Up in the north, but not, yeah. nothing crazy. Yeah, that's unfortunate, man. Yeah, that sucks. is not great. But literally, they, uh, I saw something that said going outside was like for longer than, uh, I think it was 10 or 15 minutes, is like smoking a pack of cigarettes. And uh, I went, I went yeah, for I a three-mile run today, and so I, I think I smoked a couple packs of cigarettes on my run. <laughs> eh, the run balances out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a tougher run, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, Drink I, a glass of water. I, I don't know if it was like in my head or not, but like it, it felt like a tougher run. I with, believe that. With the air quality. I don't know if that would yeah, affect it no, at all. I believe that for sure. Here's what's crazy about that, though, is like, these conditions you need, you know, you need not only for it to be dry, but you need it to have been dry. Like mm-hmm. wildfires don't happen if it's been dry for like a week mm-hmm. and you've, you've had rain, consistent rain. So that tells me that there's not a ton of rain going on up there. It's though we've seen all spring and into summer here too, man. I mean, you were just here a couple of weeks ago. It's the driest I've ever seen in the Midwest. It was dry, dude. Dude, nuts. It, it rained yesterday for the first time in like two weeks, I think, honestly. That's crazy. Cause it, yeah, I mean, it usually rains what, like once a week at least? Yeah, especially in the spring. It's springtime around here. It's muddy and gross and disgusting, and that was not the case this year. Well, that's a shame. I hope uh, I hope everyone's safe in Canada. That stuff is devastating, man. Your house catching on fire. You, you, you know, you, we would hear all these stories about people getting to knock on their door, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Bam, 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 bam. You need to leave now. You do not have time to pick up any of your belongings. Get your kids, get your pets if you can. You need to get out of this house right now. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? No, I can't, man. I, uh, dude, that'd be terrifying. Like, do, would you keep a bag? Do you keep a bag ready to go at all times just in case? You should. Yeah, they, they advise you to. And, and like, there's plenty of places in San Diego where you're never at risk of that stuff. It's more for people who live in the foothills, like okay. northern, eastern San Diego County, eastern San Diego County, more on the outskirts of the county. If you're, if you're, uh, if you're in the city, like that's, it's kind of like a tornado warning in, in Toledo, right? Like you're probably safe if you're within the city, but you should keep it. Ba- yeah. Like definitely you should keep a, a fire preparedness bag. Keep your, uh, all the photos and keepsakes that you're not displaying. Keep those in something that is ready to go at a moment's notice. But, but even then, you know, you're scrambling, you're going to forget something. And, uh, you know, God forbid you lose your house. Right. All that stuff's gone. Well, hopefully the people that live near Campi Flagri Volcano have those ready to go. Cause it oh, is sounds, that the one in Italy that's about, dude, to blow, that's about to blow? Super volcano that they attribute to Pompeii wiping. Pompeii Yes, cold. dude. Let's it, go. Supposedly, they say that 30,000 years ago was the last time it exploded, exploded. And it, it's attributed to know? the extinction of Neanderthal man. Because they can carbon date like when that last, like the volcanic ash layer or whatever that is. I'll call bullshit. Sue me. Go bullshit. <laughs> I, dude, it sounds pretty, they're, they're pretty worried about it though. They're starting to see like some activity, which hasn't been the case since 1950s. Um, when there was like a bunch of uh, thousands of earthquakes, small earthquakes. Um, but now they're starting to see readings that are scaring them still lower. Like there's a potential that it could happen, like the highest potential it's been, but that is still a very low probability. So Hopefully nothing happens, but basically like this volcano, instead of being big and like a mountain, 
is yeah. like a crater and spread across like seven to eight miles, which has been built on top of mm. <laughs> the geniuses that decided to do that. So that is where like Great I think it's planning. over a million people live. So if this thing blows up, instantly gone. Like that, that made me. I'm sorry, you were talking about fire bag. It made me start thinking about that. That's terrifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Apparently, last blew 500 years ago. It's from the Independent. It's been restless since about 1950, whatever that means, a restless volcano. Not only has this sparked fears of a global winter killing wildlife and crops in its wake, but also concerns for at least half a million people who live in the volcanic field, which is known as the Phlegrian Fields in Greek or Burning Fields in English. The Burning Fields. You decided to settle yeah. in the Burning Fields. Good for you. You reap what you sow in the Burning Fields, as they oh. say. We have a heady mix, man. It's been a while. Got up. <laughs> Been a while. Start. Where do you want to start? Um, as I always say, give me the most sexual one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you had to guess, well, see, I want to phrase it. How do I want to approach this one? I think it's. I, 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 so I'll, I'll I'll start it like this. In California, it is it is uh, legal for for you to marry a child. Oh wow! It is not illegal. To marry an underage person, man or woman, and it, it like it, it never really was a thing. People didn't really care about it until 2017, where it it kind of caught some steam, and everyone's like, "Why is this not a law? <laughs> we should probably make this a law." And a couple curious things about this: Th there was a push to make this a law in 2017, and it got on the ballot. And of all people, of all organizations, to be against it. It was the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, mm. and Planned Parenthood. Mm. I'm reading from uh, an opposition letter from the ACLU um, saying that the bill unnecessarily and unduly intrudes on the fundamental rights of marriage without sufficient cause. While the Children's Law Center said that, quote, for some minors, the decision to marry is based on positive pro-social factors and the marriage furthers their personal short and long-term goals. But who was, was this like a religious thing that started pushing this? Like no. Who, who? Pushing what? Being able to marry kids? No, no, no. It's always been a thing. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable, right? And, and so it, like, like I, I, I don't know who it was that um, decided that they wanted to make it uh, an issue, but a bunch of people were like, whoa, this is crazy. California has no law against like child marriage. That's odd. We should do that. And then of all people, the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. I'm like, mm. I've been trying to, when I first heard this story a couple of days ago, I, I like have literally not stopped thinking about what it could it be that Planned Parenthood wants from child marriage. It's just so curious to me. Yeah. I, I can't even think of anything. <laughs> so, um, the bill didn't, that didn't, it didn't go through in 2017. And so there was some sort of compromise, right? So, okay. This bill didn't go through. That's odd. Mm. But we've also not even like checked for this. There's no numbers on it. Um, we've not counted for it. We've not asked people for their ID when they went and get a, got a marriage license. And so they started doing that. And in 2021, take a guess at how many child marriages that there were. And this is this is the number of 15 to 17 year olds who reported that they had been married in the previous 12 months. And this is just in California. Just in California. Uh, I'm going to guess 1,500. 8,800 children. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a lot of kids. 
That's a lot of children. Oh, where are um, the parents, as Michael Lopez says? God. There's some stories, uh, or there's yeah, there's some stories within the story about how uh, there, uh, you know, one underage girl at the age of 14, so it wouldn't even be counted in this survey, was convinced to marry a person who was sexually abusing her because she had gotten pregnant, and the the family didn't want the shame of her being pregnant without being married. Come on. The only the only like thing I can think of is like if a girl who's 18 or 17 or 16 and a boy who's 16 or 17 want to get married. Yeah. And they want to okay. do it so badly that their parents get them like permission. Like I'm trying to figure out a, like a, a reasonable argument to why child marriage should exist. That's not why Planned Parenthood would be behind it. I don't know. Like that, that to me is the weirdest thing. Like, what is it about child marriage that you want to protect? Like, like, why are you defending this? And Hmm. like, I don't like, there's no reason that I could think of to where it's like, yeah, maybe you want to do that, but you can wait till you're 18. You can wait these three years until you're 18, then do whatever you want. But until then, you know, we're not going to let underage people get married. That like the fact that that's not the starting point is just beyond me. I, don't, I, I really, I really don't understand it. So, yeah. you know, almost 9,000 children getting married. <sighs> Ew. Oh, I don't want that. Not, yeah. Um, and just one state too. And just I one guess, state. Do you know how many states have this law? Cause I know like age of consent in a lot of states is like 16. I know that. Yeah. There's only, there's only like eight states, including California that don't have a law against when you can get married. So in May of this year, the state Senate unanimously passed the amended Senate Bill 404, which would make it a, mis- a misdemeanor for any person to knowingly sanction a religious union or unauthorized secular union between a minor and another person. So that makes it against the law for a person to knowingly sanction a religious union or unauthorized secular union between a minor and another person. So you couldn't get married in a church to a minor, mm. but you can go down to the courthouse and you can sign an official legal union document saying I'm married to this person legally as a legal union. The survivors of forced marriage that we serve so often have a complicated relationship with the parents' communities that pressure them to marry, says the uh, Tahir Justice Center. Uh, In many cases, even after facing significant abuse, they still love and value these social bonds and hope for reconciliation. I don't know, man. It's It's too odd. It's too... It's too out there, but I tell you what, man, uh, it's California and nothing is too out there for California. Um, and that is evidenced by three bills that just passed the state, uh, the state Senate in California. And that have uh, already been promised to be sworn in by, uh, governor Gavin Newsom. And these uh, state bills are assembly bills, six, six, five, nine, five, seven, and two, two, three. And they all have to do with gender, gender affirming care and the ability for young people to access this care or otherwise become the person that they think that they want to be. So we will start with Assembly Bill 665, which would change an existing law that allows minors 12 and older to receive mental health counseling or therapy without parental consent. This bill would align the existing laws by removing the additional requirement that minors must present a danger of serious physical or mental harm to themselves or to others or be the alleged victim of incest or child abuse. So there used to be these buffers that the minor must present this danger in order for them to get counseling without their 
parents' consent, right? They would have to show proof. Like, why are you not here with your parent? Like, well, there's this really extreme circumstances going on and I can't. And they would say, oh, wow, okay. Well, you have shown me proof of this. There's bruises on your body or this, that, and the other threatening text from somebody. Um, so yes, we will give you we will give you the care. It removes that barrier altogether. Mm. Uh, it contains no language that would allow school mental health professionals to remove a child from the custody of their parents or guardians, according to an assessment by the Associated Press. AB665 does not authorize any gender-affirming surgeries that put parental consent. So the fear here is that you could basically use this bill along with another one that was passed called AB 957. And you could apply it into custody cases. So with AB 957, you could use your parents not allowing you to realize your gender of choice, right? They're not affirming the gender that you say you are as a defense against your sovereignty. In, in, in other words, you could use your parents not affirming your gender as a way to be placed into state care. Jesus. Now, let me let me be clear. It's you can't it, it seems as though you can't just say my parent is not affirming my gender, they're abusing me, I want out. It it usually has to be coupled with something else, right? Mm-hmm. My parent is beating me, my parents not feeding me, and then you can use this gender affirming aspect of it to strengthen your case. But in any case, it is now being used as a weapon against parents who do not want to go along with their child saying that they are a different gender than the one that they were assigned at birth. Abigail Martinez said she lost custody of her teen daughter who was placed in foster care. She said she wanted her daughter to get the mental health treatment she needed instead of poisoning her body with testosterone. Quote, I cry for the parents who will be like me, helpless to help their children. I lost custody of my daughter when she was just 16 because I refused to call her a male name. That was my crime, a name and not pronouns. So while the people who have written this bill have said, you can't use this bill and the language in it to just get your kid uh, or for your kid to just get out of your care just because you can't affirm them. Dude, it's California. I mean, I I can play this out pretty well, right? Like you say, let's say you go to your counselor at school, right? And you can already do that without your, 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 your parents consent because of AB 665. You need, you need no reason to go to an official counselor mm-hmm. and you go to this counselor and you say, I am, my name is Jake from state farm, from state farm. And I wear khakis and I want to be Jessica, but my mom and my dad don't want me to be Jessica or they won't allow me to be Jessica. And the counselor says, okay, that's not enough. I'm on your side, but that's not enough. We need to build a case. What else do your parents do? Well, you know, sometimes my dad will like spank me or he'll withhold dinner from me because I've been bad or something. I don't know. My dad will do something. And then they build a case against your parents, not because your parents are bad, but because they won't affirm your gender. And then they can do all these little things that, California is known to enact against parents. Um, God damn it. I'm trying to think of what, there was something that uh, I was told that's like super innocuous, but if you did it, like CPS could come take your kid in California. I can't remember what it was, but it was really innocuous. And I was like, oh my God. So you could see how a kid who feels disenfranchised by their parents, not affirming their gender, who could rebel against it and want to take action against their parents and 
say something or maybe even make something up, right? So then what is what is the problem with that? Well, the problem with that is that if there is a case that goes forward against your parents, you do not have the right to be with your child while there's a, 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 a child protective services case with you. So if they bring a case, that kid is now in, in the care of the state, hmm. okay? What is wrong with that? There was a uh, bill passed in 2022 that was uh, introduced by uh, Senator... Uh, State Senator Scott Weiner, that requires all foster parents to affirm LGBTQ and transitioning youth. You cannot be a foster parent in California if you refuse to affirm somebody's gender or sexual identity. Gotcha. So they're just going to, yeah, transplant them to a new family that's like more welcoming from their viewpoint and correct. they're never going to want to leave for probably. Yeah, until they reach the age of reason and they found out, oh, I fucked up bad here. Dude, I did something really, really, really bad. I got my parents in trouble for doing something that they probably should have done. I acted like a brat, and I was given autonomy as a as a as an underage person, and that I should have never been given. Yeah, that's that's. And what, I fucked that, up my life because of it. That's like too much power to give a developing brain, especially you think? Like a rebellious time like that. And it, and I, I always talk about. It. I've said this before. I think I was talking to Rager about it when he was on one of these weeks past. I think it's amazing to me that like as much as we see this like huge influx of like, oh, mental health, it's such a, you know, we all, it's such a big thing. We all got to talk about it and worry about it. And, you know, it's, it's all these things like, which is fine. We're opening up a discussion about it. Like, it's great. It's not something that should be ignored. I, I'm on board with that. When it comes to depression, it seems like everyone's on the same page. But mm-hmm. when it comes to something like this, like when you think you're something you're not sure, I get, yes, there's got to be people that are that are actually like medically clinically diagnosed as that I, I would guess it's a very small number. There's a lot of people that I think like cross into the boundaries of mental health and whatever it is. I'm not a psychologist. I don't fucking know, but like thinking you're something that you're not that that it, to a degree is is some kind of poor mental health to me. And it's it's like I don't understand why when we look at depression and, and all these other things it's like so let's talk about it. Let's get people treated. Let's medicate them and do all these things, but then when we look at something else, when you're basically like, I'm a cat, I'm a dog, I'm a black man. No, you're, you're not. You're, like, you're, you're just not. And like, there's a deeper problem there. But like, in that case, we like welcome it. And it, it's almost like if we were like encouraging suicide when you're depressed. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm not saying you're fucking crazy if you're trans. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but like, I think there's a discussion to be had. And I think there is something there that like is telling you you're something that you're not. And that would start mentally. <laughs> right. But, well, and, and okay. So like, that's a good, that's, I think that's a good starting conversation about, about the whole situation. It's all very new. There's not a whole lot of like, like really good data that says like, Hey, if we give children, even if we give like somebody who's 18 or 19 or 20, even, uh, you know, uh, hormones and, and allow them to change their body. Like, what does that mean? There's a lot of suicide within this group. Why is that? Is that because they're not being accepted? Is that because their rights are being, um, you know, uh, uh, infringed upon or, 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 or is that because they're going against, you know, biology and, and that's, you know, not making them well, right? There are all these questions. And, and what's really concerning about it is like the questions that we ask that are not like they're, they're good questions to ask. These are questions that should be asked. Instead, we're, we're pushing forward, um, with, with children. And, and it's almost like you're going against, um, the parents and you're saying like, 
if you're a parent that does this, now this is tantamount to abuse. This is the same thing as if you were to strike your child or if you were to withhold, uh, you know, uh, feeding your child or abusing your child. This is tantamount to abuse that you're not allowing them to affir- like affirm their gender. And and we don't even know what affirming your gender is or does or, or, or what have you. We're just saying it. I, th- I, th- I think at, at its best, it's dangerous. At, at best, it's dangerous. And there's one more aspect to this whole story before, you know, I, I want to make sure I wrap this up. There was one more bill, Assembly Bill 223. Assembly Bill 223 would seal petitions and related paperwork to change gender or sex identifiers for anyone younger than 18, meaning that if you were to get any sort of gender change or hormone therapy or anything of that nature under the age of 18, then the bill would require the court to limit access to these records to specified individuals, including the minor, the minor's parents, and their attorneys. Seals of documents hmm. as a form of protection. Who's that protecting? Right. The only thing I can think of when I read these things is that we, we again, that we or we that California is appealing to the lowest common denominator. You know, there could be somebody out there whose parents might use this against them. So we're just going to seal it for everybody, and everybody's protected in this way. And to me, if you're hiding that information from parents. It's not because you're protecting, it's because you're hiding, it's because you have something to hide. And if you have something to hide for somebody's parents, that generally isn't great. Like that generally doesn't mean that you're doing the right thing. You're saying like watching Rugrats? Correct. Generally. There's exceptions. (laughs) You can watch Rugrats. So there was a a state representative who uh, made me feel good this week because he said, um, if you love your child, you will flee California. Mm. And... uh, I couldn't agree more. I, 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 ne- like, this makes me never want to go back to California. This makes me never want to put any of my children in this vortex that might sweep them up and get them confused and have them question as a, as a kid, their identity as a person and wonder if they're a boy or a girl and then take it to the next level. It, it almost seems too crazy to be true, but it's all there. If you yeah. have any, if you have any questions about it, you can read these bills. It's it's out there for everybody. I'm, I'm making none of this up, and I will say it one more time: Assembly Bill six six five, nine five seven, and two two three. Look them up and read them. Pretty damn crazy. And other legal news: just today, a very monumental ruling in the Supreme Court. You heard about it? Uh, it was something about state governments and elections, but I don't know anything else other than that? Uh, I don't know anything about that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Today, the Supreme Court found it unconstitutional to consider race in university admissions and eliminating the principal tool of the nation's most selective schools have used to diversify their campuses, otherwise known as affirmative action. Today's six to three decision will force a reworking of admissions criteria throughout American higher education, where for decades, the pursuit of diversity has been an article of faith. This is Chief Justice uh, John Roberts, who wrote uh, for the uh, consenting opinion, eliminating racial discrimination means eliminating all of it. The student must be treated based on his or her experience as an individual, not on the basis of race. Many universities have for too long done just uh, the opposite. Um, I will read you now from the dissent of Kintaji Brown Jackson, 
Um, and she writes, with let them eat cake obliviousness today, the majority pulls the ripcord and announces colorblindness for all by legal fiat. But deeming race irrelevant in law does not make it so in life. And having so detached itself from this country's actual past and present experiences, the court has now been lured into interfering with the crucial work that UNC, University of Northern Carolina, uh, and other institutions of higher learning are doing to solve America's real-world problems. No one benefits from ignorance. Although formal race-linked legal barriers are gone, race still matters in the lived experiences of all Americans in innumerable ways, and today's ruling makes things worse, not better. The best that can be said of the majority's perspective is that it proceeds from the hope that preventing consideration of race will end racism. So uh, I, I think there's some truth in that, although I will say I don't know that the the motivation here is to end racism. I think that the advent and implementation of affirmative action didn't reduce racism. It just created different racism. Like it, mm. You know what I mean? Like the, it, it wasn't that, that racism was gone or that we were trying to prevent it. It just means that racism took a new form. And then what form would that take? Um, instead of choosing people on merit for... Uh, for schooling, right? For, for admission into universities, your race was taken into consideration kind of first, right? So this is from uh, Fisher King on Twitter. He says in 2003, when uh, Supreme Court of the United States split the baby on affirmative action, allowing race to be a factor, I was friendly with a dean at a large state university. He said, I can't believe how stupid they were at Michigan, making it so obvious. Why don't they just do what we do and hide it? He described entire scholarship programs that were open to, quote, minorities, but were actually just for black people. Asian applications were tossed in the trash at once. Um, and then he always goes on to say it's always been a scam. Mm. So what brought this decision to the Supreme Court was a lawsuit from the University of North Carolina and University of Harvard. And uh, they basically were saying that which we just described, that if you were Asian, although you were a minority, you weren't considered because your representation was too high uh, and and universities try to have a heavy hand on uh, on diversity instead of letting purely merit-based applicants get in, right? And, you know, your university, you're private. You probably could have, like this guy said, not been so upfront about it and, and been so obvious that you weren't that you weren't doing this. There were some universities that literally came out and said, we will not be accepting any more Asian students. Like they like point blank said we will not be accepting any more Asian students because they had the freedom to discriminate by race. Mm-hmm. And the court said, no, you cannot discriminate by race anymore, even if it's because you want to be of the benefit of another race. So that is affirmative action. Huh. And the one I was talking about that happened yesterday is they, the Supreme Court uh, rejected a legal theory that would have radically reshaped how federal elections are conducted. What they're okay. trying to push through, I think this is a conservative kind of thing that they're trying to push through, but it would give state legislators largely unchecked power to set rules for federal elections and to draw congressional maps warped by partisan gerrymandering. So like, you would be able to say, if Texas wanted to say there's no mail-in ballots, under, if this would have gone through, they would have been able to do that. You would have been, like, each state would have been able to set up how voting happens in their state, and they could have redrawn like what the congressional districts are based on what they would want it to be within the state legislator instead of a federal one. Uh, So it could have, on both sides, probably could have like helped them like lock down and like always have states go this way 
based on how they do their elections. Uh, but that got shut down on a 6-3 vote yesterday. So kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to find some uh, language here from from the uh, justices that... Yeah, I didn't see any comments in, in this uh, New York Times article. Here we go. The elections clause does not insulate state legislators from the ordinary exercise of state judicial review. Uh, Roberts wrote, referring to a court's power to strike down laws that violate the Constitution. I usually need to take a pretty decent look at these cases before I can like speak competently on them, and I didn't even know this was going Yeah, on. apparently like what, what conservatives are trying to do here, within the Constitution, there was something called the Elections Clause, which says the times, place, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislator, legislature thereof. So they were trying to use that which basically calls out senators and representatives as a way to basically like for presidential elections, like extend that to a federal thing outside of the state. I see. So federalized elections or, or, or non-federalized, non-federalized elections. Now, right now, as it stands and after this was shut down, the U S Supreme court has like the ultimate say, if there's any fuckery within like an election or with results or anything like that, they have the ultimate say of what the law is. And this would have put that into the state's hands and the states could have decided how to determine elections, but that is that's, not the case. That's probably for the best, right? I would think so. If but that's what it is, it's probably for the best. I mean, it would get really messy if, you know, Alabama decided they didn't want to ratify their, exactly. their electoral college votes. Or But it gives all the power to the federal government, which a lot of people don't trust. Uh, and people think that like when you vote locally and, and within there, that's, that's where your voice is heard more. So that would that would make your vote go a little bit further if this was a thing, but then we would have yeah half the states could have not said that Trump lost his last election and we could still not have a president you know two years right, three years right into a term. no right uh, yeah I I, I I do think that there there definitely needs to be somebody that whether you, you agree with them or not that steps in and says this is what's happening and we're yep. making this decision on behalf of the law right we're using the law here instead of we're using our state law mm-hmm. um, because it is a federal office. And although the states elect to the federal office, it is a federal office. So the Supreme Court is staying busy. I think this was like their last uh, day. Was it? Yeah, taking a, I think so. Taking some time now. Yeah. Because, I mean, you remember last year when we talked about Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. these decisions are made in like the fall. Mm-hmm. And then it's not until the spring and early summer that they come out um, and, then, and then they're read out loud and people know about them. Uh, unless, of course, they're leaked. Why do I feel like I've heard Nothing since the whole Roe v. Wade decision. Yeah, but you know why? Because it never mattered in the first place. I, I, dude, it's so it's so strange. I've heard ne- there was so much blowback right away, as it is with all, I guess, big news stories when they try to like politicize them. Kind of makes you think about like why we think we care about what we care about. Mm-hmm. Strange. It is strange. Well, okay, is so strange. here, I know you're a man of faith, right? You care about faith? Um. Yeah. yeah. I guess it depends what you're going to say next. I like natural segues here. So let, let me hear what you think about this. Our, our buddy, I don't know if you watched the video yet in our Twitter inbox, but our buddy Mike sent this to us. And it was a creed that was recited at the Adena Community Lutheran Church in St. Adena, Minnesota. And it is a adjusted version of the Apostles' Creed. Okay. Uh, that is uh, in the guise of LGBTQ plus acceptance and, and openness. Do you remember? Do you remember that creed? Do you remember the indoctrination? No, dude, I, the Apostles' Creed is out of my brain. Do you know it? Do you remember it? I'm trying to think of like when it happened in the Mass. It was like right before communion, I think. Let me see if I can just We Google believe it in one quick. God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We believe in the forgiveness of sins 
I'm, I'm, I, this is Dude, not everything. The cult, yeah. You just had, I just had cult flashbacks come you through. You know what I'm saying? We believe in forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of life. And how does it start? Here, I'll give it to you. I'll just give it to you. Okay. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. Then he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. That's different. And they've changed it. They've changed it. Okay, since, it must have changed. We, okay, yeah, they they've changed a lot of it, and that, I think that's a different group. Anyways, this we're is off track. okay. That so this must be the most recent one because yeah, some of that did seem a little different. But this is straight from United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So that that is what's said today, at least in church. I haven't been to a mass in fifteen years, so I couldn't tell you what it was the last time I was there. But so this this new one, there's an adjusted one, and uh, it's getting a lot of pushback from uh, Christians, especially. Uh, but Catholics, I guess, all around, because this was a Lutheran church. So here's the creed. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. I believe in the non-binary God, whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit, who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the AIDS quilt whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love. So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. So it's a little different. <laughs> um, oh, that's something. I mean, it sounds like a joke. Honestly, <laughs> it sounds like a, it sounds like a troll. It's not though, man. It's, it's not. It was penned in 2021 by Reverend Rachel Smallstokes. Small strokes? Rachel Small Stokes. Did I say strokes? I'm sorry. She's a pastor of a Emmanuel United Church of Christ in Louisville, Kentucky. A number of Christian leaders, other conservatives were very quick to voice their distaste for this newly modified version of an ancient liturgical mainstay. So yeah, so that is just some news I saw. I think it's a pretty, it kind of goes in line a little bit with the whole thing that was going on with the Dodgers and those people and how they're kind of trying to reimagine the faith. I don't really give a shit because I'm not religious, but I figured I'd ask somebody who was like what they think about that and like how how do you merge these two worlds? Because I mean, it's a, obviously it's, it's a thing. It's not like just going to go away. And a, a lot of people in that community are going to be religious or want to be religious or accepted into that family. Yeah, it's it's so funny that you, you say this. I we literally I literally just had like one of the deepest conversations in my life with Jacqueline last night about this stuff. Really? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, like I, I just want the church, and I want them to be cool with gays. That's all I want. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, I was like, yeah, you know, fine. Mm -hmm. You know, but like, to me, when I hear that, like, I think that what comes to mind is this, what you just read to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not that like, not that like you have to be against gays or anything. No. Yeah. Uh, in, order, in order for it to be like something that you uh, believe in. It, it just, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what is like, what is out there that it's like for me, the, because it's not personal to me, mm -hmm. like the message of, you know, we don't support gay marriage, that, this, that, and the other, like, I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think you're, you're misguided, but I don't see that as the sum total of what is being taught. 
I just see that as like a, as like a, an aside, but it's the same thing for somebody else on the other end where it's like, well, we want everything that, that the church offers, but we want to carve out the things that we don't like. Right. But it's gotta be tough for them because like you want to be part of a religious community, whatever that is. If you're looking at like a Catholic one, especially right. with as, as stringent as they are, like they don't want you to be a part of that, I guess, but you still want to have like some kind of faith in your life. But like their, their laws basically say like, you're a sin to well, a point. Yeah. To a point. And, you know? and like, e okay. So like, even if you took a charitable view of it and you said like, like, I don't care that you're, that you're gay or, or whatever. And, and I want you to be accepted in here. But like, I believe this, that's another about marriage and what I believe and what the church believes about marriage doesn't fit into, you know, what you practice or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, like, why would you, why would you want to be duplicitous about that? if you were gay and you were married, like, why would you want to go through that? Why would you want to be right. like, okay, like I can hold these two truths at the same time. And, and, you know, may, you know, while I am married to the, the same sex, um, I'm going to go every week and like, listen to people who may bring this up like once a year or not even, or are really cool with me. But I know that when push comes to shove, the acceptance of my marriage isn't included in this whole package. Yeah. Like, why would you, why would you want that? I wouldn't want that. And but, I get it. I understand. That's so, yeah. And so that's where I think like Catholic churches and maybe a lot that are slow to adapt to things are, have fucked up or whatever. Cause they're going to lose. There's just going to be new sects of Christianity and Lutheranism and whatever else. Like, because if they're not as welcoming to these people at first, but these people still want to have a relationship with God whatever that God is, they're just going to create their own thing and start doing things like this. I did think though, I saw one perspective on it that this guy wrote and I thought it was interesting is some pastor from Michigan. And he, he said, it's this creed is bad for two reasons. Uh, he said, it's basically just a big trash bag full of favorite buzzwords. Pretty much. <laughs> and he added to that when the goal is to just cram buzzwords into familiar sentence structures, it actually becomes about the person talking and gives us no information mm. about God. And I think that is so true. Like from reading this from like a non-religious perspective, it seems like you're like trying to do exactly what he just said and in include all these things to show that you're, I don't know, like bet better than the Catholic church or just like more accepted, right. like just you're, right. you're, you're like worshiping yourself almost and not exactly as much of exactly. God, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. And that's why I struggle with it because I, it's like, like, I, like, I don't like, I don't care about, that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like, like in terms of religion or, or, or faith or, you know, finding uh, a relationship with God, I don't like, it doesn't matter to me in the least. I think it's one of the, like, I think it's like one of the least important things when it comes to, you know, a journey of faith. And, and when somebody is opposed to it, then it becomes about the opposition, not about what it should be about, which is you finding God, right? right in the way that it, that, that it's supposed to manifest itself in your life. Um, and th then it becomes about like you finding God and also fuck these guys, you know, or like that, yeah. that's, it's like, well, you've lost the plot because mm -hmm. it's not about fuck these guys. It's not about those guys at all. Like you should just be doing your own thing and not be like on the offense and trying to change other people. You should be walking in the faith that you've chosen. And, and that needs to be good enough. It can't be like, it can't be like opposition. And just like you said, this, this creed or whatever, not like, I don't know, whoever takes that seriously is obviously not a serious person. Cause like, <laughs> how can you sit there and, and like, listen to that and be like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is uh, what I want. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. It's really tricky. And, and uh, it's, I, it's I, tough, I, dude. I, I think that it's doing a good job currently of ostracizing a 
bunch of different people. Uh, and that the, 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 the tradition of the church, while most, I, I would say some people are able to accept the tradition and see it for what it is, and then also be duplicitous and saying like, hey, I don't really agree with like a bunch of, a bunch of the, like the social stuff that you're saying. So I think some people are able to hear that and say, okay, all of society is saying that you're wrong. Why are you right? Why do you, why do you continue to be so stubborn about your positions? And I'd love to hear why, like, right. Like I'm curious about that. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are, and that can withhold it. But like, if, if it's personal to your life, why would you want to hear that? Like, why would, why would you ever want to be party to a message? That's like, mm, I see why, you know, like, like uh, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, whoever's listening, but I think the official stance of the church and, and being gay, it's like, we understand that people are gay and that it's not uh, necessarily a sin to be gay, but that's your cross to bear and that you need to take it upon yourself to not act upon the urges of being gay, lest you become a sinner. I think that's what the official messages of the church, like what if you're gay and you hear that and you're like, okay, so, so now what, now what do I do? Right. But right? The, the church also has like pray the gay away camps where they're like actively trying to convert people to be straight, you know, like, they, well, they a church act- has that. That's 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 some parts of it. Like, like that's not, and that's that's another thing that 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 really gets me is that like those things happen, and that becomes the sum total of church or the church, you know, because some people some people decide that they're gonna, you know, I'm not gay no more. I am delivered, <laughs> right? Like, there's that like that that exists that's so comically like misguided that you uh, see it and you laugh when in actuality, if you look at it from a, like a, from like a really objective perspective, that's very sad. That guy's up there Dude. probably pressured by all the other people around mm-hmm. him to say that he's not gay when he's so very clearly gay. Like, when we went like, on our honeymoon, we, we met this gay couple that were at the, at the resort that we were staying at. And this one guy like had come out to his wife. He described one of those camps. Like they sent him to, to a, oh, one of the things through his Catholic church. And he said it was, it was, awful and he he shared some more details where like the guy leading it was actually gay and was like trying to hook up with the people there which was a whole different thing but just he described like what they're what they were doing to them and like the things they were trying to like brainwash them to like be into women again and all this other stuff and he's like it was it's all just it was all just bullshit man he's like you can't you can't like change that about yourself like i don't i I don't know if i I don't, I won't, I wouldn't say that I would say that a hundred percent of people are born that way. I think like life experience can affect you to like change. I think it's probably like a 50, 50 or 60, 40 split. I think some people are definitely born that way, but I think other people's life results just get them to, to prefer something out over the other. But I feel like once you've made that decision, if you want to call it a decision or once, once your mindset is that way, I don't think you can use God to like change that. I, I really don't. I think it's a weird way to, to try to approach that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, right? Like these are all ma- this is all man-made. Exactly, 100%. right? This isn't this isn't uh, it's it's man-made with, with the message that 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 it's it's ordained, um, and, and that this is this is canon, right? This is law that that what you know, what is said here is said here, and and like you know, it's 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 also tricky because if you if you are deep into that faith, right? Like that idea of almost everything else exists in reality. Like, like you can find truth in almost every story in the Bible that, that reaches out to 
present day. Mm-hmm. And you can say like, well, this is true because it's true throughout time and it transcends time. And that this is true yesterday. It was true 2000 years ago and it's true today. And like now we're at this like social split where everybody's willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to church because it's now very socially acceptable that you can be gay and like live a life. And like, thank God, right? Like we've, it's taken all this time, but now it's no longer taboo. You can come out and you can be like, you know, I'm gay. And everyone's be like, oh, okay. Yeah, you want to get lunch? And like, right. like, what a great place to be at, mm-hmm. except if you're a part of a very strict religion with very strict traditions, because then it's not like, okay, it's like, well, are you sure? Maybe you're saying that, but the Bible teaches this or the church teaches that. And then automatically like, okay, well, if, if that's a part of what you believe in, even if it's only a small part, I want nothing to do with all of it. Yeah. I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. I think that's a mistake on both parts. And there needs to be, there needs to be something, right? That, that bridges that because everybody deserves salvation. You know, no matter who you love, you deserve the ability to feel like uh, you've been forgiven. Getting all sentimental on me, Frank? I mean, it just, it just, it's, tr- it's true. Like it, it, <laughs> who you love and how you decide to express that love. I don't, you know, it doesn't need to be agreed upon by everybody, but it doesn't mean that you're exempt from salvation, right? Like, like you're exempt from the one thing that we all need more of, which is forgiveness. That's, that's a tough stance to take. And I, I can't fault anybody. I always confuse me. Like Jesus was hanging out with prostitutes, but he wasn't cool with gay people. Like, no, that dude would have been fine with gay people. He wouldn't have given a fuck. He would have been the ringleader at the pride parade. Yeah, exactly. Probably been up on that float twerking. (laughs) Right. Hey, real, real quick, just update. Everyone probably knows by now, but the crew that was on the Titan submersible officially has been, you know, pronounced dead. Uh, they've started to pull up debris from the ocean floor. It looks like it uh, was an implosion, and uh, it happened like literally two hours after takeoff. They weren't down there for any amount of time, you know, trying to save oxygen or anything like this. Uh, it happened about two hours in. The Coast Guard had uh, audio recordings of this implosion. It was super loud. Good news is that it takes 100 milliseconds for the central nervous system of a human to feel pain. It takes 13 milliseconds for you to even see anything and let alone like comprehend what you're seeing. Uh, And they think that this implosion happened in less than 40 milliseconds, maybe even much quicker than that is what some people are saying is like even up to like five milliseconds. So they wouldn't have even seen it. Everything would have just gone black. A little bit of relief in that it was very, very instant. A crazy stat I found is down where they were, Titanic is about 12,500 feet underneath the sea. Uh, and they were just about there. They hadn't quite make it, made it there yet, but they were pretty close. And where they were, it has a roughly about the pressure of 400 atmospheres. So what we're feeling up here on Earth right now, one atmosphere, has the pressure of 400 atmospheres or 6,000 pounds per square inch. Average human body is 255 square inches. So the amount of pressure that they felt instantly was 1,530,000 pounds. Cool. Not something that I knew, you know, obviously. So these people, apparently they're saying that they're finding human, uh, some human remains down there, but most scientists are saying that they would have been turned to a goo almost instantly. So yeah, I'd imagine interested to hear more about that, but they're pulling up like the full hole of the ship, the nose of this thing. So uh, basically once oxygen's depleted out of it, uh, it, it, it remains. That's why the Titanic is sitting there on the, on the floor. But Mm -hmm. since our body is a, you know, filled with oxygen. That's why 
the result happens where we would pretty much just explode. Lovely. So hopefully these remains or the the, the crash uh, debris gives them more of some insight on why what happened happened. But you know, just praying for the family. Sad, sad to hear all this, but at least they have some. Are you praying for the family? I'm not all? praying. I'm sending good vibes, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but it, 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 there is some relief that it was so instant that like they didn't even know what was going on. You know. Yes, the, the sweet relief. Um, they're in a better place. Better than, than where, where we're at. I want to say that the Navy, United States Navy, is a bunch of assholes. Yeah, because they knew. Because they knew yeah. the Sunday before the oxygen ran out that this thing had imploded on itself because they heard it and they didn't say anything because it was, quote, not definitive. So they let millions and millions and millions of dollars go to waste for people on some really dumb rescue mission to go try and find this thing. Mm-hmm. And people people were sitting at home like calculating how much air they might have left and they had been dead for days. So uh, way to go, Navy yeah. assholes. Yeah, man. This is the biggest dick move, I think, in the history of the Navy. That's not true. They've done a lot of crazy shit. But like, come on, man, really? You're going to let everybody just, the families have hope? Like, you know they're dead. Right. Well, oh, and apparently there's a community of these people that do these deep sea diving submersible adventures. James Cameron is like somewhat of their ringleader as he's like one of the most famous people. That dude went to the bottom of Mariana's Trench. Did you know that? He, he went like, I think it's like three and a half times deeper than what these guys did to go to wow, Titanic. really? Yeah. Uh, but he was in a properly facilitate, like a properly licensed and regulated thing, you know, vehicle to do so. It was this one, sure. this Ocean Gate one was not regulated in, in the least bit. But basically, he said that their community knew within a few hours what probably happened based Oof. on the information they were given. I didn't know this originally, but there was tracking on that thing. And there was also audio on that thing. So the minute that it blew up and the fact that they lost both of those, which were on opposite ends of the of the ship, basically right. told James Cameron and all the people within this community what what happened. Right, right. So when they lost communication, it's because it, they imploded. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. So very, very sad, but I mean, interesting, grab the attention of many. Some think it could have been somewhat of a distraction for things like a possible Russian civil war that was ousted quickly. I wanted to ask you about that, but we don't even have time to, to even get into that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't talk about it. There's more to come on that, I think. So I yeah, think uh, we'll it's a good face. posture to wait. <laughs> of course. Uh, we do have to get out of here, though. In the meantime, if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can find us on a myriad of uh, social networks and other places like that. Twitter, at FriendshipNH. You can find us on TikTok and Instagram, at FriendshipNewsHour. And you can send us an email to bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Um, we'll see ya. 